and well met. Welcome to another edition of Self Evident. I am Jenna, and with me today is Alyssa, Bruin, Kenna Rose, and we have no Eliana with us, unfortunately. It's very sad. Yes, she is working right now in Wisconsin for a summer camp, so we're not going to see her until probably Alyssa's wedding, which uh, is Kenna and I get to see her tomorrow. Oh, true. She's coming We're home. We're driving up to see her tomorrow. Oh, Yeah, so that's going to be exciting. We're going to celebrate her birthday. Love I'm that. glad to hear that. You're going to give her a big hug. Yeah. Love and that. And give her a hug for me. Okay. Yes. Okay, we will. Double. Big well, yes. she can give two and I'll give two, so that way we cover, okay. we cover everybody. Gotcha. It is officially June, which American culture has dubbed the Month of Pride to celebrate people who identify as a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And in honor of Pride Month, we are going to be discussing Romans 1 today. So, let's begin by reading the passage we'll be dissecting. And uh, if you need a refresher on Romans 1, pause this right now and go read it from start to finish. Or frankly, just go read the whole book of Romans. We, we won't judge. <laughs> we'll be reading verses 20 to 26 and referencing the verses that follow suit in this episode. Without further ado, let's just dive right in. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Let's talk about Romans 1. <laughs> um, so I was reading Romans 1 a bit ago, and I was struck by just how much it seemed to describe the current situation of our culture and of country and a little bit of the world but mainly I think our culture yeah yeah I would say so yeah but it was it was just really interesting because you read it and it talks about how though they knew God they didn't count him as God they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him and because of this God literally gave them up into debased um, passions, the lust of their hearts to impurity, and the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. And the specific reason is because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served the creature rather than the creator. That actually reminds me, verse 25, um, it basically is the the whole motto with the LGBTQ plus community is love is love. And they literally exchanged god for the creature because the bible explicitly says that god is love and they've interchanged that with love is love that's interesting but that is that's a very good point when you consider too what romans 1 is saying exchanging the truth about god for a lie yeah and it, it, it's almost weird because to me when i read romans 1 it looks almost like it's broken up into three levels what do you mean by three different levels like it starts off with exchanging the truth about god for a lie and worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator. And when that happens, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts to impurity and to the dishonoring of bodies among themselves, which I 
kind of take to mean like lost in some of those types of sins. And then when they continue on in that specific, God gives them up again to dishonorable passions, meaning now instead of like regular natural lust, which I say natural, but it's it's unnatural because it's from the fall. But um, to like gay marriage or the LGBTQ stuff, because you see in verses 26 through 27, it talks about women exchanging natural relations for those contrary to nature and men likewise giving up natural relations with women and consumed and are consumed with passion for one another. And when they continue on in that, continuing to not acknowledge God, he gives them up a third time to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And then it's just pretty much rampant lawlessness. That's very interesting. That is interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that view of that. And I I can definitely see it being... Yeah, God gives them up three different times. And each is a deeper level into sin. And if you look at it, that's usually how... I mean, nations fall or how they fall. Like, they start with something small. It grows bigger and it grows bigger. And it's like a lie. You start with small little white lies and then they get... It just gets... Bigger and bigger because you have to bigger. keep lying to cover up your other lie. Yeah, I, I think you're right on. And even um, some translations in verse 26 will say for even their women. They'll emphasize that, that even the women who have a more biologically in tune to themselves, like even the women. Yeah. Because usually lust is seen as a man's problem. Not saying it's just men that struggle with it. No, yeah. But the testosterone levels, it's more prominent in Maybe men. they're more prone to it. Right, are women are more prone to other sins. Right. That's and a sin men are more prone to. translations will emphasize, like, even the women did this. Right, and women are technically, like, if you look throughout over the centuries, women do tend to be more spiritually inclined than men yes. are. And so I do think, like, that is kind of like a double meaning with, like, yes. even physically and spiritually, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. the women were given over. Right, because in relationships, women are more inclined to emotional connection exactly. than physical connection. Yeah. And what we see here is that men and women are becoming so debased that even women are becoming almost animal-like well, in right. their nature. It's like they've almost, instead of men and women operating in the way God created them to operate, men and women, even in the way God created gender roles to work, are right, right. no mm-hmm. longer operating in that way almost yeah i mean if you look at like all the women nowadays like they are so much more inclined towards because of how the culture you know what because you know men are supposed to be the leaders in the culture and so when (laughs) men lose their way i'm not saying that necessarily means that women will but there is no strong traditional male anymore Mm -hmm. and so women are now trying to find emotional stability in each other in the wrong sort of way right and that's exactly. not saying it's men's fault because it is no, the fault of both no, men and women we're just saying that one thing s- leads to another right it is a domino effect and you can see how as culture has changed both men and women have started acting in ways that would be contrary to the way you'd think oh this is feminine versus oh this is masculine right yeah and wouldn't you say kenna that that starts with denying god and his authority over our lives oh 100 percent. i mean the scriptures say very clearly it's because they didn't see fit to acknowledge god and so really the root of 
all of this is that separation from God at the fall. Mm -hmm. The thing to me that's almost scary, though, is how it says God gave them up. And I don't know why, but the third time when it says, and God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And then it just continues on and ends with, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but get approval to those who have practiced them. It's like a scary finality mm -hmm. in that. Like, it's just, it's like God gave them up. What a way to end a And chapter. it like yeah. ends in, like after kind of explaining some of what that is, it's, it, to me, it's just kind of, it's frightening to think about. It is. When God gives a country up, it's not. How are you going to stay afloat? I think that one of the only things that will be the fall of America is either if we fight from the inside of each other or like the if a kingdom fights each other. Yeah, but, but then a house also, divided. A, a house, house divided. divided. But then also if God gives us up, and I think he is. Yes, and it, it definitely is, I think, both of that because we are fighting amongst ourselves about the pettiest of things. Like, even Christian circles are not focusing on the right fights right now. We're all caught up in different doctrine and dogmas, and um, we're not focusing. Hymns versus yes, worship. Precisely. It is both and. It's mm -hmm. not either or. It's both and. It is scary when we see the warnings in Scripture about what happens to a nation, to a people, to an individual, when God continually just says, okay, you want your sin? Here it is, and here's the consequences. But I'm so thankful as a believer that God doesn't leave it there. There is bad news. There are warnings. There is judgment for those who don't turn from their sin. But I'm so glad Romans doesn't end there because we have Romans 3.23 coming that says, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but it continues, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. For those who are struggling with these sins, for those who are confused about what the believer's stance in this culture is, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has the power to redeem you. He can justify you, declare you righteous, that our sin is not something that we have to be held by because Christ has the power to break those chains. And so if you are not a believer, I would encourage you to just read the book of Romans straight through to see that there are warnings for our sin, there are consequences of our sin, but there is grace. And I think that's the beautiful message of the gospel, that God has a standard, but Christ fulfilled that standard perfectly on our behalf. Amen. Well said, Alyssa. Well said. Yeah. So, Alyssa, what is it about Pride Month and the reason that we titled it Pride Month that is just so dangerous? And what does God think about that? Yeah. The, as Jenna was talking about, the month of June is commonly known as Pride Month. And this is a month that celebrates one's pride in different sexual orientations, identities, desires, celebrating all of it, specifically pride. And yet God's view of pride is radically different from our current cultures. Pride, one of the seven deadly sins, which was, I believe, um, penned by Pope Gregory, and I can't remember when, um, but this pride is celebrated for an entire month. And throughout church history and the entire human experience even, pride has never been something to celebrate. Rather, it has been something to put off. 
It has never been seen as virtuous or emulation worthy. Yet here we are in the month of June and self-exalting and self-worshipping pride is now something to honor and celebrate. And God has a lot to say about pride and never does he say it is something to celebrate. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. And then to Jenna's point earlier of the culture's um, proponent ideology that love is love flies in the face of everything that scripture talks about when it talks about love. And 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6 contains an excellent rebuke to the current culture of Pride Month when the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, teaches, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And how contrary to the current culture is that? It's insanely contrary. It's even contrary to the ideologies that come in the LGBTQ, the whole thing that Pride Month celebrates. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Pride Month and its ideology that accompanies it is not patient or kind. It does envy and it does boast in what it has. It is arrogant and rude. It insists on its own way. It's irritable and resentful. And it, in fact, rejoices in wrongdoing and hates the truth. One need only look at movements happening across the public school entities and the public school system, forcing children to read pornography, pushing transgender ideologies on three-year-olds, penalizing those who disagree, hating those who speak the truth about biology. I mean, it goes against love. It really does. If you truly love your neighbor, you are going to be speaking about these things. And Exactly. And I, I think this was a great example of showing how God hates the sin of pride and it reaps dangerous consequences for those who walk in it. And we're seeing that. As believers, we need to stand up for the truth and walk in humbleness before God and his statutes. I would just like to close with Micah 6, 8, which says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Tying in with that, Micah says, you know, he has told you what to do. And so, Bryn, what has God told us to do in regards to finding hope and not putting our pride in our sexual orientation? Yeah. I mean, I think to all of this, we just have to realize that the Bible gives a solution and there's no way around it. The only solution to all of this is Christ. Um, He really is the only one that can heal, and he is really the only one that can fit that hole that all of these people have in in their hearts and and in their souls. Um, If you take a closer look at all of the people who are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, Mm -hmm. you will find just a bunch of people who are hurting inside. They're hurting so much, and they're not happy as they are. Um, They're trying to fit that hole that they fill in their hearts with something else. When the only thing that will fit that hole is God. Yeah, so many of these people, I know I've heard stories and I've talked with people that their lives have been so broken by sin and by the sin of others, whether they were abused in childhood or it, it is true what you said about this community is in pain and my heart just bleeds for them. Yeah, and I mean, you realize like at the end of the day, they'll look in the mirror and they're not happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're in the wrong body and that yeah. they weren't created perfectly they weren't created wonderfully or fearfully there was a mistake in their creation Mm -hmm. yeah when you true when you are truly able to take a step back and to let god take control 
of you and of your life, that is where true healing begins. Um, Jesus said in John 4, 13 to 14, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. Meaning, believe in Christ and you will never be in need of anything spiritual again. You won't have to go looking for another spiritual being or... Yeah, you won't or, have to find identity in anything else. No, right, because yeah. your identity is in Christ. Yeah, and and I mean, turning to God isn't just a good message for those who are in the LGBTQ plus community. It is also a good message for all of us, Christians and non-Christians. Either you're a new Christian, someone who hasn't trusted in him, or a seasoned Christian, and you need this reminder. It's a call for all of us to stop running to the world and stop running to the people around us for satisfaction, but to run to God. Amen. That's the people, so good. And I mean, I've had to learn this with like some friends that I've had to not be friends with anymore. Like they're not going to give you the satisfaction that you need. And even if you are, I mean, like with friendships that I have that are good friendships and that I love them, at the end of the day, well, they do give me some satisfaction. At the end of the day, they're not the thing that is going to fulfill me the most. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. all God. Friend, really. Friendships or identities in other people they're never ever going to satisfy you you need to have your identity in christ first and foremost and the community around you will give you joy and further satisfaction because if you find people around you that are rooted in christ as well you are going to be sharpening each other you're not going to be pulling each other down that's very true and i think especially too and the LGBTQ community, because they are hurting, they find a lot of community in they do. the LGBTQ community. They do. I mean, it's called the LGBTQ community. Exactly. And so I just, I do think that it is the gospels where you will find true healing because in Christ, you know, he, he does heal you and he grows you and he sanctifies you. And yeah, I think, I think there's that loneliness. He, yeah. he will heal it and you find your identity in Christ. I think John 4 and the woman at the well which Bryn referenced in verses 13 to 14, I think that speaks wonderfully to this point of how her life was just ravaged by sin and brokenness and hurt. And she was looking for her satisfaction in something else. And Christ just gently and beautifully, just calmly brought her to himself. And if you don't know the geography of that story, the the amount of time that it took Jesus to walk all that way just for her. Yeah. It just, it grips your heart with this story. And he had a meeting with her. Yes, he, he did. And he, he took her broken parts and he made her whole. And for anyone listening again who is struggling with this, just know that Christ is able to complete you if you turn from self and sin and you turn to him for forgiveness of your sins and if you turn to him for wholeness and completeness, he is going to do that for you. And I just want to give you that hope that you don't have to stay in your sin. You don't have to stay in your brokenness, that Christ has provided the way to make you whole. And I know that um, churches sometimes get a bad reputation for how they handle these issues. But if you're part of a good church or if you know someone who's a believer, and is close with you, I would just encourage you to reach out for help with this. Um, I'm a huge proponent of biblical counseling. It's something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's something I have received before. There is no shame in it. There's no shame in saying, you know what, I need help. Um, 
So I would just encourage you to do that and know that people love you and people are willing to sacrifice time and energy to help you feel complete and whole. There's a second component to I, to this, I think, too. And because the gospel is the solution, I think Christians need to be sharing the gospel and standing firm in the gospel, kind of following what it says in Romans 1, 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, mm-hmm. to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And I kind of think that the response of a Christian towards this should be working to share the gospel with pretty much everyone they come into contact with, no matter whether they're from the LGBTQ community or from somewhere else. because or if ev- it's even Pride Month or not. Right, because everybody needs Christ. The gospel is needed 24-7. Mm-hmm. 100%. And even us believers need to be reminded of it. That was why Paul wrote his letters to remind churches of the gospel. It's something that everybody needs to be reminded of. And this is why actually why I'm so grateful that we're actually doing this episode because the glory of Romans has just washed over me again. The, yes. the power of our Savior is mm-hmm. incomprehensible to me, and Romans. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Romans is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's just, it's so deep. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's deep. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, and for those who who do believe, Romans eight one is one of the best verses in the entire Bible. That there is now no condemnation. There is no wrath for those who are in Christ Jesus. Christ's sacrifice just covers you completely and wholly. And it's just so beautiful. And what Kenna was saying, that it truly, the gospel is the power of God. And it's for everyone. There's no distinction. There's no uh, only club here. It's for everyone. We're called to to evangelize everyone from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Right. And Romans 2, 1 through 5 kind of is helpful somewhat. And I think understanding the gospel even deeper mm-hmm. which just this is why romans is so good because there's so much if you're a believer but please just go read romans. go go read your bible just go exactly read go read it again. it'll take you about half an hour to get through the whole book yes. really really good but because romans 2 1 through 5 really kind of follows up the end of romans 1 where it's talking about this and he talks about how well Yes, God has a wrath towards this sin, and it's important that we remember that God is just and that he cannot abide sin. Mm-hmm. But he also offers redemption That's and right. a restored relationship and mm-hmm. eternal life with him. Mm-hmm. And we know that because he's written the law on the hearts of just mankind in general, mm-hmm. there's no excuse. But which, which is why, as you can see, we were talking about earlier with the beginning of Romans 1, them not acknowledging God is such a big thing because he's written that on his on our hearts and he's also made himself visible in Mm -hmm. nature um but he's given us grace Mm -hmm. and i think christians need to stand very firm in the gospel not be ashamed of it but then also the proponents of the gospel which is not just the death and resurrection of jesus christ but also how god designed marriage and life and some of all that stuff but Mm -hmm. we need to do it with grace and love yeah absolutely and if you think about it the whole the whole reason the LGBTQ community has taken off so well, I suppose. It's so well received is because their motto is we just need love. Love is love. You just need to let us express our affection and our and our feelings. Comparing that with the way 
God sent his only son to go die on the cross for all of mankind. That is real love. Affections can come and go, but the commitment that God would sacrifice his only son. Someone who was so dear to him. It's it's incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. And he did that for you. And the thing that strikes me even more is that he did it while we were his enemies. It's not like we were just kind of, we didn't know him or like we made a mistake and he wanted to, it's like we no, were his we were enemies. we outright mm-hmm. rejecting him. Right. And First John 4.10 says that this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The apostle lays it out that the, that, the culture's definition, that's not love. This is love. Mm-hmm. Or Greater. Christ sacrificed himself for our sins, that God sent his only son to be the atonement. Greater that, love that's has what no love man is. than that to lay down his life. Right. And that's what God did for us. Mm-hmm. And it's just so incredible. And I think that is the best way to end this sort of episode. There is hope. And the greatest love that you can ever put your faith in is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so without further ado, that's the best response to Pride Month. (laughs) Until we meet again, let us firmly rely on that great love, the divine protection of providence. And in the words of 1 John 1, 9, Remember that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. This is self-evident.